Welcome to NIL Undressed. I'm Ryan Schockner, along with, again, the future mayor of Rock Hill, South Carolina, Football City, USA. Due to producing the most NFL talent, more than L.A., New York, Ohio, Texas, Rock Hill, South Carolina, Dr. Cheney Robinson. Doc, how's it going? Ryan, good, man. Glad to be glad to get, get to do this show this way this morning. Yeah, and what Chaney's talking about is we're doing things a little bit different today. I mean, we love interviewing the athletes. We've got so many more that are lined up and and episodes that are going to hit. But there's also so many things happening in the NIL and transfer portal and athlete development space that, you know, we've just been asked, like, what are our opinions on this? And so we're going to start to give them. And, uh, you know, I guess this this is what we do to welcome the haters, Chaney. There it is. I think this is going to open us up. Well, the first the first story that's really hit um, that, you know, we've got Caleb Williams, right? Heisman Trophy winner last year, uh, Southern Cal's quarterback. And, you know, expected to go in the draft, you know, possible number one, number two. And his dad, you know, he's politicking, you know, like, I mean, you don't want to go to a bad place that, you know, can't develop a quarterback and and all that kind of stuff. Well, they're saying, hey, we might be able to stay, you know, it's not guaranteed that Caleb's going to come out in the draft. We're going to stay possibly if it's not the right fit, not the right team. And they all of a sudden they get a bunch of backlash for it. And, you know, I think the thing that's really saving them, the thing that's putting them in a position is, is NIL. And I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm floored that, you know, once these athletes get some of these rights and some of this, you know, ability to now kind of guide their decisions that uh, on their own, right. To be, to be in control of their own future that now, you know, now all the haters, right? You, well, you shouldn't be able to do that. NIL is bad because it's preventing him from coming out. I mean, it's this is insane. It's insanity. Right. No, you're exactly right. Well, and, and it gets into the point, too, of the, the amateur title. Of, are these athletes even amateurs anymore? Yeah. And, and you know, that, that gets debated with NIL and, and all that. I mean, I don't know that you can, you know, they're, they're, to me, they're still amateur, right? I mean, now he's he's getting paid uh the report was around two and a half million, maybe more, maybe less, maybe not even in the ballpark, right? Because he doesn't have to disclose it. And I don't think he should have to disclose it. Right. Um and if, if you know for so long we've been getting these kids rushing to go pro, and you know, because they needed the money. They had to, yeah. Right. They had to, right? Um, and and you know, maybe they needed another year or two to develop inside their sport to mature a little bit, but because they felt that pressure of, you know, I don't know if I'm gonna be, you know, first round pick ever again. I need to jump at this because, you know, here's life-changing money for you know me and my family and and all that. So now we're we're actually seeing what should have been going on all along is is these athletes are are making an educated decision. They can wait. And because they've got money coming in now, is it first round money? No, but you know, two and a half million ain't a bad year. Yeah. Nothing to shake a stick at. Not, not right. a bad year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, and now they're able to mature a little bit. And and now we're knocking them for 
what we said we wanted them to be doing in the first place. That's right. Well, and two, and again, I know he's competitive, and all of these athletes playing at this level are, are highly ultra competitive. But you look at the the quarterbacks that got drafted last year, and it was a pretty strong class. Three of the top four picks were quarterbacks, Young, um, C.J. Stroud, and then I think the fourth pick was Richardson out of Florida. So he was a, he was up against some pretty good competition there. Again, not that he's not up there as well, but this year's class may not be quite as strong. You still, I mean, you got a couple of good athletes that are going to be coming out. Uh, I think Penix will probably come out at Washington, and I'm not sure if he's a senior and has to, but he's he's going to be on the list. You got Knicks in Oregon. You got, and then you you got a couple of others uh, out up there too. But they're already projected him at being the number one pick in in Caleb Williams. Yeah. So sitting back one more year allows him to do exactly what you said. I can mature in the sport a little bit and be able to pocket a little bit of money to help kind of set me up for making that transition into that rookie contract. Yeah, and I think what the NIL has allowed him to do is is say, I don't need to jump at this because of the money. I can sit back and cherry pick the position that is, you know, and and hopefully the team that's best for me and my skill set. I mean, I think everybody that goes to the NFL, I mean, nobody says, yeah, let me, you know, let me get drafted. I only want to spend a year there and I want to get beat up in the media. I mean, that's not the goal. The goal is to have a long career that is fruitful and you get multiple contracts. And if this allows you to get a little bit of control back and get in a better situation from a coaching standpoint or just the system that they run, man, but like, why are we knocking these kids? Right. Well, and let's let's be honest too. Does he have to? If he gets drafted, he doesn't have to sign. You know, let's go back to that would Eli, be interesting. Eli, that would be interesting. Eli Manning. You know, he had already told the Chargers, "I'm not signing with you." Then the Giants did their deal, and so he ends up in in New York. And you know, Chargers actually ended up with a pretty good one in Philip Rivers. Right. Yep. Yeah, they did. Yeah, the possible Hall of Famer with him. Two right. Two options. Right. Two Hall of Famer options. Yes, yeah, it's it's crazy, man. And and you know, then we we look at that, right? And so I'd say let's just get off Caleb's back, let him play ball, let him, play. Let him mature. Yeah. It's his life. Like Caleb, if you're listening, you, and who knows if you'll ever get this, but but bro, man, just do your thing. Forget about these guys that are trying to pressure you and all that. You're playing the game the right way. Just keep it up. That's and right. when we get. Then we get this next story, which is, I think, is hilarious. You have Stoops, the head coach at Kentucky, calling out Kirby Spark. Now, you're partial here. You grew up a Georgia fan, season ticket holder for uh, decades, right? And and so this was a this you know they Kentucky rolled into Athens, got stomped, you know, undefeated season over, and. And uh, Stoops leaves town saying, well, Georgia just bought their players. I mean, if this isn't the elite calling the, you know, calling the elite out, I mean, right. The last time I checked, Kentucky was part of the SEC and was in the power five. They've got donors. They've got boosters that could contribute to this, uh, to their collective. Like what game are we playing here? This card has been played, right? This was the Saban 
Uh, Jimbo Fisher card. Yep. Like the card's been played. Like somebody needs to, you know, something new and original. <laughs> it's just like, let's cut this out. Like this is ridiculous. Like it's like saying, you know, they've got a better workout facility than we do, right? They're treating yeah. their players better, or that, you know, they can get more haircuts, or you know, they've got better video game systems in the locker. Like, give me a yeah. give me a break on this. Like just talk to your boosters say we need more money in the collective. Like why do why do they play this game? I think that that was ultimately the end result of what he was trying to do. But I think in a passive aggressive way, he was doing it and using Georgia. Why to Georgia? I mean, of all teams in the past four or five years to do this to, right. Why to Georgia? Well, you know, this, let's take, let's go the next week and nothing against Kentucky, but they, got it handed to him again against Missouri this past weekend, but nothing was said this weekend. Right. Well, and, and, you know, Georgia, love them or hate them, right. You've got to respect what they've built and they've earned it. And, you know, if Georgia wasn't winning, they wouldn't be able to buy the players, right. They wouldn't have all that money coming into the collective. And so, you know, it's the chicken or egg comment, you know, they they had it, you know, it was humming, it was getting built up before NIL went live down in Athens. Sure. And and now we have, you know, they've won. They've earned it. Like, that's the benefit of winning national championships back to back and maybe to back. I, I'm not touching that. Like, just like Kirby hadn't touched what Coach Stutes has said. Kirby hadn't, he hadn't fallen for that. I'm not either. <laughs> well, yeah, and you shouldn't, right? I mean, especially being a baseball guy, uh, superstitious and. And yeah. I, you know, I think kudos to Kirby for not, you know, getting roped into the the stupidness of it. Yeah. You know, he he took the high road, he ignored it, you know, everything he preaches to his guys, right? He he did. So, you know, kudos to Kirby. Again, love him or hate him. I know you love him. You know, in a couple of weeks, I'm gonna hate him when they roll into Knoxville. Uh, but you know, kudos to Kirby for, for taking the high road on that. And, you know, for the coaches, like, let's just stop, stop playing the stupid game right now. If it was Furman going into Athens, you know, there's an argument to be made, but you know, Kentucky, you know, Georgia, like there's so much more, there's so much more that plays into this too, with facilities and just the, the history of Georgia football, you know, yeah. folks want that's tradition and that's the the legacy. Like Kirby played, I mean, Kirby and I are the same age. You know, he played at the University of Georgia. Didn't have great teams, but he was on some some pretty good teams, right? So there's there's they built that legacy and that tradition of guys playing there, and then their sons coming up and, and playing there too. But also being able to recruit from California and in the Northeast. And I think Kentucky's going to get there. Yeah, I mean, he's done a he's done a beautiful job there in, right. in the, since he's been there. I mean, a school that was completely off the radar is now you know gets on the radar from time to time. I mean, and, and yeah. nobody thought that that could be done in Kentucky. Right. Well, and again, historically, Kentucky's a basketball school. They they put a good baseball team on the field as well, and the football team that they are certainly improving year year in year out. Um, you know, it just they ran into the bus of Georgia being a little bit irritated and being at home 
and everybody being up for it. Yeah, we got to stop this playing the NIL paying for players card. I mean, this is the, you know, listen, the collectives, they get money from, from fans and businesses that are excited and want a little bit of access to the players. Yeah. And if they were not winning, they would not be getting all the donations. And so they, they earned all that money that's coming in. You know, we got that, that card has been played. It doesn't play well. And so we need to, we need to throw that card out the deck. That's right. Well, and, and two, you already alluded to Fisher and Saban a couple of years ago. And the, yeah, that didn't, that didn't play well. It didn't play well then. It didn't, it's not playing well now. So that, that's that Joker card that needs to, hey, let's get rid of that one. Absolutely. All right. So then um, the, the last one that I've got here, and I've got a couple different takes on this, right? It's like the top 10 list of earners through NIL. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's basically, you know, who are the top 10 most valuable athletes for 2023? And leading the list is a high schooler. Uh, we know his dad very well. Soon we will know him and maybe they'll play together. Ronnie James, right? Uh, and then we get into Arch Manning. We've got uh, Mikey Williams from the University of Memphis. Caleb Williams, the, who we talked about, Southern Cal. Olivia yeah. Dunn at LSU, gymnast. Shadur Sanders, uh, Colorado, Coach Prime's kid, quarterback. Yep. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., who, hope oh, that guy, he's got skills. Yeah, he can play. And then we have uh, uh, Hansel Emanuel, right? Northwestern State University with $1.5 million valuation, uh, according to On3. Sunisia Lee, Auburn University. Um, we've got Drake May, quarterback at the University of North Carolina. Who had a great game against Miami. Yep. And you know, this is, you know, my initial take on this is hey, great, congratulations, right? Now, some of these athletes, I don't know. I know that, you know, uh Livy Dunn, you know, she she created that beast on her own, right? And so I think special kudos goes out to um to her for literally turning this entrepreneurship opportunity into that true entrepreneurship opportunity, right? To be able to, to be a gymnast at LSU, bring the attention to that program, to that campus and pocket a couple mil for, you know, for doing it. That's not a bad gig, right? No, not, not at all. <laughs> you know, and, and some of these, you know, but this is what gets people, you know, fired up, right? The NIL haters fired up as they see all these athletes that are making millions of dollars and, and, you know, we've got 10 right now, right? We got 10 yeah. and there's with the NCAA, probably a little bit more, but you know, 550,000 student athletes across all divisions. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, not all these athletes on here are football players. Not all of them are power five. The majority of these athletes. And again, the, the, the dollars that funnel into these athletes don't have to be disclosed. I don't think they should have to be at least not with their names attached to it. Maybe we find out that, you know, the football program brought in X amount and we can kind of, you know, deduce from there, but decipher. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I, I don't know that we need to have all these kids reporting every single deal, but you know, whatever, Point zero 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 percent of that five hundred fifty thousand. These ten people, these ten athletes are like most of these athletes are not 
raking in millions of dollars, you know, they are still going to have to find a job after their athletic career is done. Right. Right. Well, and you look even on our podcast, we've talked to many athletes that have got multiple deals, maybe not in the millions of dollars, but what they're doing is setting themselves up for success after their respective sports are done. And we know inevitably, you know, you're preparing for the next 40 or 50 years rather than where you are for the next two or three years. Right. Absolutely. So I, I, I'd be interested to see, too, where we've got the top 10 the money earners. I'd like to see the, the, the top 10 list of number of deals. Yeah. Because those are ultimately going to be, and you've even said this, of it's going to be the relationships are going to carry you further than getting the money in your pocket right now. Yeah. Well, and a lot of these deals are from the collectives, right? And so, you know, we talk about when we work with schools all the time, there, there's, you know, there's deals that athletes get because of their market value, the skills they bring as athletes to the right. table. Those right. are going to be done through the collectives. And then you have the deals that are the marketing value that these athletes bring. So a good example, and those are not through, those are business to athlete. And that's going to be like the Livy Duns and the more entrepreneurial, uh, you know, the, the McKenzie's who we have for a track athlete, cross country athlete at Clemson, um, Alex from, you know, Clemson, those types of guys, right? Yeah. And those types of athletes. The, and And it'll be interesting to see because a lot of these collectives, it's just taking the low hanging fruit, right? Like post this, you've got a lot of hype around you, which is great. Take the money. I, I absolutely take the money. But these entrepreneurial athletes that are building the relationships that are using NIL as that gateway to be able to build that parallel path outside of developing as an athlete, developing yeah. as a business person, as a professional, as a entrepreneur, at the same time, it'll be really interesting to see where you know that takes them and what this gateway that we call NIL that's allowing them to do this, where that takes them long term. Yeah. Well, and and two two other examples of, of guys that we've had on the podcast, you know, vets at Amherst. Yeah. Right? A lot of deals. Yep. And then Darian out at in Palo Alto at Stanford. Yeah. Ton of deals there. Right. As a freshman, they wasn't even getting a whole lot of playing time. Yeah. I don't think you got any playing time as a freshman. Yeah. Forty some deals 40 without something? even seeing yeah. 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 And even Jack, right? Jack D3, who and he said it on the podcast. He had one catch in his career leading up to him getting these NIL deals. So it's not like he was, you know, super star going to be, you know, that, that, you know, every, every draft, there seems to be that D3 guy that makes it to the league, right? Like Jack ain't going to be that guy. And Jack, if you're listening, man, brother, we love you, but we're not knocking you, but you know, the truth is the truth. I think you would even acknowledge that, but um you know, the entrepreneurial side of it that he was able to develop, and even starting his own academy as a result of it, yeah, you know, like that, that and the relationships, like you said, Cheney, that he's built, man, it's going to carry him way further than, you know, getting even a shot at, you know, a, a, you know, free agent contract in the NFL would get him. Yeah. Well, and obviously we'd love to see, see these guys and have an opportunity to, to show the talent they've got uh, and get a shot at, play at the next level 
but at, but at the same time, again, we know too. Hey, this we we're not just the sport. We're not just that particular person. The, the sport that we're playing, right? Right. We're not limited to to just that. There, there's so many other avenues and and things and skills and strengths that these athletes have, and I think NIL has given them an opportunity to be able to explore those and absolutely it's, and expound upon them. Absolutely, it's you. You play the sport. You not you. You aren't the sport, right? You're right. you're the person that plays the sport. You're more than that. And those skills, which we've seen from, um, you know, a lot of the pro athletes that have gone to to start businesses and get in business that didn't go back and get specialized education, that they just adapted and transitioned these athletic skills to the next phase of life into the business world or whatever profession they were in. And they realized that that's really what took them to the next level. You know, some of these numbers, man, I mean, I look at Arch Manning, um, you know, a, a valuation of $3.7 million. And I don't, has he even stepped on the field this year? Or is he completely? Okay, so I, I don't think so. Now I'm going to go back and I'm probably going to irritate some folks with this. It was my understanding that his dad said, until we're the starter, we're not taking any NIL deals. Now, it, and my question too then is: I believe I remember I, that the valuation is that a, that's what he's worth. That's not necessarily what he has received. Correct. Yes, we don't know, but we do know that he's received a little over a hundred thousand, but gave that to a charity. So he he you know yes it was an nil deal but he didn't see any of that money he he gave it away so to to his credit from what we know he stayed true to that this wow. is just a valuation but you know these valuations are you know pretty close to you know i guess they're they're you know there's some fluff built in it cuz i look at Caleb Williams and they're saying that he has a, a value of 3.2 million and i think the numbers that i saw that he has actually earned was like two and a half million. Um, so obviously, you know, a little bit of fluff on there. I think the the Livy number um uh, is probably, you know, it's it says uh that she's worth about 3.2 on the valuation. And the reports are in, you know, she earned a little over a million in her first year of NIL activity. And I and I do remember seeing somewhere where she said her she she had a deal that was a half million dollars. Uh, I believe with like a clothing brand or you know, I could be completely off on that. Yeah. Uh, that was her largest deal that she got. Um, but, you know, that's a little bit different because that's the entrepreneurial side versus the collective side. Um, but then, you you know, I'm going to throw Sanders out there, too. Right. And and it says, you know, he maybe got uh, 1.6 million or right around there. and you look at, you know, is he is he worth that from a skill standpoint? I'm not, you know, I'm not a scout, so I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. I know they're having a pretty good year compared to last year. But I do know that I see some of these numbers that are spitting out of Boulder for, you know, Coach Prime, the team, which, which Shadur's a part of, yep. and what they're bringing in to that community you know, especially with game day coming there, you know, it's something like 18, 19 million, you know, coming into that community uh, uh, for a game day. Yeah. When they sold off season tickets too, 
I mean, I, so, and so I go, you know, it, you know, how many home games they're going to have, you know, maybe it's seven or eight home games, whatever it comes out to. If they're, even if we take the small end of that and let's, and let's, you know, the football program, the school isn't getting all that money, right? They're getting a large, but let's just say they have eight home games and they, and they're profiting 10 million per game. That's $80 million coming into the university. Plus then you have the exposure for, you know, the, the excitement, the hype, the new enrollments, the applications that are coming in, you know, to, for, for him, for the quarterback, that's helping lead that team uh, to these victories to get 1.6 million. I mean, is he getting enough? Right. 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 That should be the question. No, you're, you're exactly right. And two, I don't know if you may have seen this this week, you know, his, his side, his signature move, you know, is this and showing the watch and, and his dad's telling him, Hey, we need a watch deal. Yeah. 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 Well, he's yeah. got the best, uh, you know, he's got the best man motor. In the That's right. That's right. The, 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 that ever was and possibly ever will be. He's got the best hype man coaching him on this, but but absolutely. I mean, and that's the, you know, and I wish some of these athletes would, I mean, there's a, there's a huge lesson in that, right? Something that turned that, that was not, you know, and we don't know for sure, but probably wasn't meant to be a thing, right? It was just, you know, he was pointing to his wrist, uh, you know, look at my watch sort of thing. It was just started as a joke and probably, and is now possibly turning into an NIL opportunity the lesson in that for these athletes is huge, right? I mean, you have to be able to seize on your opportunity when you make it and when it happens, right? And I, I was talking to, before we started recording this episode, um, uh, a gentleman whose son plays at Furman, football at Furman. And there was a, um, his son didn't make it, but one of his buddies that's on the team did, made like some outstanding catch that got a bunch of hype, Right. And he even said, like, you need to have a shirt being printed right now with, like, the silhouette of that catch. And you need to be marketing that thing. You need to be able to seize the opportunity when it presents itself. And just that. So, I mean, watching a clinic on what Sanders and and Coach Prime are are doing there on the field, but then off the field from from NIL. I mean, they are writing the book on this thing. Absolutely. One and two, again, you have they sold out season tickets. And then you look at all the celebrities and stars that are on the sideline, right? I mean, it's, you're you're right. It's the the best hype man, best promoter. I mean, it's it's the best yes. that, that we've seen, and and it is a master class in how to do this. So hopefully, the hopefully these athletes are taking taking note and seeing, okay, that's this is how this is supposed to be done. Yeah, and. And wrapping it back and rolling it back to Caleb, right before we um, end this one, this episode, you know, if you could keep Shadur and what they're doing around longer in your university, would you not want to do that? Oh, I think you you pull out all the stops to do it. And and, and again, um, I, I thought I read that he is staying. He's not coming out this for the draft this year. I think he is staying for his senior year. Well, and and you know, great, good, great for him. That goes back to let's get a little bit more experience at a power five level facing a little bit different competition than what we did at Jackson State. Right. Yeah. Plus, I'm earning money. So I'm not you know, I don't need to go out and get my, you know, get my bag, you know, in the draft. 
Yeah. Uh, if I don't feel that I'm ready, let me get another year. Um, and but even from a business side for the university, and I'd be curious to see what USC's numbers are, you know, with all the hype around that program versus not having it for a little bit, right? Before right. Lincoln Riley got there and brought it back, you know, if the university is is making again if if Colorado is going to bank 80 mil on you know on this year this season they want to replicate that you know they went a lot of years of not having right oh, of being the have not like let's see how long we can replicate that and and have this revenue coming in cuz cuz now it benefits all students it's not just going to go to the program it's going to go to to the academic side it's going to go to all facilities right and if NIL is that gateway to do that, then, you know, let's just let's just deal with it. Let's embrace this thing and uh, and leave these guys alone. That's right. Well, and it's like given to the given unrestricted to the annual fund. It benefits the whole university. Again, I think one of the things, too, to, to make sure we're delineating the, the university is separate from the athletic department. Yeah. And separate from the collective. That's right. So there's you got three entities there that are benefiting from this. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well, this was a fun one. I, I'm sure there's going to be more, uh, epi- you know, more stories to come out, more uh, craziness to to unfold, and, and we're going to yep. keep this up. So we love your feedback. We love your comments. Every, as always, every like, subscribe, share, comment uh, is greatly appreciated. Mm-hmm.